Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage your hosts of Historical Roast, Eddie Firth and Ryan Pig. Welcome to Historical Roast. This is Ryan Pig. And this is Eddie Firth. It is Tuesday night, May 3rd, 2016. Yes. And on this night in history, we roast William Shakespeare. We have an awesome lineup of roasters tonight. It starts with Alex Hooper. Mm. You guys get a chance to see Stuart Thompson. Brandy Posey. Uh, friend of the show, Byron Bowers. Joe DeRosa is here. Yeah. And featuring two special, gra uh, two special guests. Yes, sir. <laughs> we sure are. Dre Vermeulian. And Ross Bryant. They're both here. That's going to be a, that's uh, a good show. Man. I was excited when I looked at the lineup today and I remembered who was on. Uh, man, mm. such a great lineup. But you know what? Such a great person we're roasting tonight. And by that, I mean I'm glad we're roasting him because, uh, like, you had Hitler. <laughs> wait, wait. I have Shakespeare. <laughs> Your grandma was in a concentration camp. I had to sit through many classes in high school, both English and theater. Surprise, both classes. They want to go, I don't know how many plays of his I read, but I know it was too many. <laughs> and I have, and I, to that, I, I don't like him. <laughs> right off the bat, I don't like him. Shakespeare so is your Hitler. Yes, he is. That's fair. It's, uh, I think that tells you everything you guys need to know about Ryan Pig. <laughs> I'm a theater nerd who hates Shakespeare. Oh. That bastard's going down. <laughs> I, yeah, I knew plenty about him before this. What did you know? What do you know? What do you well, what did you, did you, what did you study? Like, what did you look up to do your research for this show? Well, I knew that bastard would try to make me do a lot of research, so I did as minimal as possible <laughs> and just watched videos that were somewhere between five to 10 minutes. And do you want me to tell you what I know? Yeah, tell me what you learned, that's good. I know plenty, but one of the more interesting things is the idea that there were so many rumors about whether he wrote the plays, if he had an illegit illegitimate child, uh, where he was for a certain amount of time. Plenty of questions about him. Uh, but one of the more interesting ones, I think, was he never spelt his name the way we spell it. Oh, yeah. That never was great. once. We were just like, how has he not spelt his name yet? That's how we'll spell it for all of our kids and all the students. I definitely read that same BuzzFeed article. <laughs> oh, no. I would not do that. I, I mean, definitely. I'm sure BuzzFeed's factual now. They have a news section. But, but, but I, I just went straight to YouTube and had them talk to me. I think that is interesting that as I was doing research, I realized we don't know anything about Shakespeare. Like, there is, guys, I'm telling you right now, as somebody who spent two straight days studying Shakespeare, <laughs> there's no information on him. Like, all of his life is shrouded in mystery because they didn't record anything. It is uh, Essentially, there are eight pages of documents that let you know about his life. 
and then it's just conjecture and hearsay forevermore. <laughs> so I, th I say thank God. It's probably a boring <laughs> life, am I right? <laughs> right up top here, this guy. You're my high five guy the rest of the night. Don't forget, don't leave oh, me. Shit. You picked a really nice head of hair. Are you trying to tell me something? That's it was like shining off, so I was like, I'm going to high five this guy. Sorry, he's like, I'm not gonna sit in the front row. And she was like, please, come on, let's sit in the I front row. I can tell row. you I wanna touch it. I'm not <laughs> going to, but. He's jealous. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think, yeah, I'm glad there's not that much information because he was obviously an asshole. For c he invented a thousands, hundreds of thousands of words that some people were like, I don't know, it may have been in the Bible, may have been invented by Shakespeare. Who he's, cares? He's so close. Not hundreds of thousands of millions, words. Millions. Sorry. Millions of words. So close. He, he's credited with over 3,000 words. of the. Might as well be a million. Because <laughs> I don't know any of them. That's literally just talking gibberish and being given credit for it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. If, if we said any, if we tried to make up a new word, we would literally be laughed off. Like, we would be told. Oh, I've made up many words. You know, possibly? That's me. <laughs> I made up possibly. That's me. I went the other route. I went, I dove headfirst in with mostly Wikipedia. I felt that that was a very accurate, incredible source and everything I needed. As is tradition with you. I don't know, I'm just so inspired by the way that they write. They have a certain, I don't know, their style draws me in. Wikipedia's... I want them to do my, uh, my autobiography. I think you can just do it yourself. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they don't care. It's like IMDB. That sounds like a lot of work. That's a lot of writing, man. Yeah. Fuck. So wait, what did you learn about Shakespeare? What did I learn? Um, so nothing. Nah, you know, it's learn. There was, I, I wrote it all down. <laughs> What's learning? <laughs> just a show about history. What do I need to learn? I read Wikipedia. I re there were a couple of those in most interesting fact websites. Oh, here was one. This was, this was one that we got. This was our hot debate for the last three days was when Shakespeare's birthday was. Because officially, again, no record. The only record that they do have is the date that he was baptized, which was April 26th in whatever fucking year he was born. Yeah, but I got... I got baptized. My teachers didn't require me to learn dates when I was in school, so that's how I got here. I got baptized when I was, I got baptized when I was 12 years old, so that doesn't mean 12. shit. 12. So you assume he was 12, because most people assume that he was... I don't assume he was 12. I don't know when... I'm just saying, like, his birthday was probably... They say it would be three days before he was baptized, which would make his birthday April 23rd, which I laughed at because neither one of us did it. Like, neither one of us looked at this previous to April 23rd to realize we could have tweeted out a happy birthday to him. I knew it was April 23rd. I chose not to do anything. <laughs> because who cares? Fuck him, right? Yeah. April 20. I'm not going to wish him a happy birthday on his birthday. However, oh, if his birthday was April 23rd, that's going off of an old calendar. And if you looked at the new calendar, his birthday would actually be May 3rd. God fucking, we tripped into it, buddy. High five. <laughs> I'm not doing the show if it's his birthday. I'm not doing the show if it's his birthday today. This is literally the first time in the history of this show we accidentally made the date we roasted someone significant to their lives. We've never done that before. And it was on so accident. Completely by accident. So I, I don't know. I'm excited about that. So happy birthday, you son of a bitch. Here's, here's what I got to with Shakespeare, though. Um... When, when I read his stuff in high school, I, I understood the language. Like some kids I went to school with didn't get the whole thee and thou kind of shit. And I did, and I enjoyed it. 
but I didn't read it as much as I should. I, was <laughs> I, I wasn't diligent as a student. But what I was really good at was listening to the conversation that was going on in class and maybe skimming a few pages and getting some context clues then just being able to bullshit an answer in the middle of the conversation or make something up on a test. I got straight B minuses that way. <laughs> it was fantastic. Isn't that what sociopaths do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Learn something new every day <laughs> about your co-host, which you trust with your life all the time. Great. <laughs> I, uh, I took the Zach Morris approach to most things in life. It worked Wait, out. Wait, you continued this bullshit? Well, here's the thing is I... I believe I, I still have this talent. I do use it sometimes. The most recent, uh, I was with a group of friends who all spoke a foreign language and they were speaking it in front of me and someone made a joke and everyone laughed and I just laughed along with them <laughs> to make them think I knew what they were talking about. He totally bought it, so I was in there. Oh my God. But I, I do believe I could fake my way through a conversation. I'm questioning every conversation I've ever had with you. Yeah. Do you smoke weed even? Yeah. Okay. Most of the time when I'm talking to you. <laughs> That's right, that's right, you do it in front of me. That makes sense. <laughs> it's the only reason I understand what you're saying. So what, what's the, what do you bullshit the most on? Nowadays? Well, here's the thing is I, I, I feel like I could put this skill to use with something that is almost comparable nowadays to the way uh, I had to do it in high school. I have never watched a, game, uh, a single episode of Game of Thrones. That's basically Shakespeare, to, to be honest. I enjoy that this man in the back booed me for never watching an episode of Game of oh, <laughs> First and Get foremost... Get an HBO account. Yeah, if oh. you're, you're going to pay for my HBO Go account, please, by all means, do. <laughs> I think that was a ghost. I'm on a comedy salary. <laughs> I don't see, HBO is that a ghost Go to Chris Hardwick? <laughs> you know he's dead. No one looks don't that tell, good at 40. Tell, don't tell Hardwick I didn't watch. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Chris. So, so I can like bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so like I can for talk. Instance, to for instance, what happened? What happened last episode? Have you guys seen the re most recent episode of Game of Thrones? Let's let's go let's go uh, episode one of the season. Have people seen episode one of the season? I won't say any spoilers because I don't know names, so I'm just gonna describe people. <laughs> Sounds All like right. he did my <laughs> level of research. All right. So isn't that crazy about the uh, the woman? She turned out to be like super old the whole time, and she had sex with like. I mean, if you look at the central themes, though, that seems like an obvious place that the story arc would go, given the character traits of whom you're speaking of. Okay, okay, but but what about uh, what about the youngest? Uh, What's uh, his name? Uh, no, it's a, it's the girl. Uh, I don't remember her name, but she's a Stark, and she's blind now, right? Isn't that crazy? She can like, but you know, she's still she's still able to, you know. Because here's the thing. <laughs> I know how I feel when I see this blind girl, and it really brings out a lot of compassion in me. So that way when I see the character, there's just this sympathy built in, and I'm cheering her on in her journey forward. I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> You're really good at that. Oh, man. Awesome. Fake Thrones. Thank you, guys. That was yeah, round of applause <laughs> for Eddie's bullshit. God damn. <laughs> so that being Very said... Good. Very I good. feel like that skill will help me through when we bring out the man who we are here to roast. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a big round of applause to the guy who fucked up high school for all of us, Mr. William Shakespeare. Gramercy's fair before... I need not this, I'm <laughs> 
devil's amplification is the word. Michael's merely not using to the command of the stage yet. <laughs> for the pressure of my peers, I shall indulge in it. <laughs> We're gonna need a translator up here. Can we get a translator? No. Okay. I, I would I would expect nothing less, sir. It is it is an honor to be in your presence. The the greatest author that has ever lived. A man we still study today. We respect. Thank you uh, for joining us in our humble show in our meager theater that apparently is of the devil's work using the microphones. Aye, the, the evidence of <laughs> Satan's hand abounds around us. Cannot deny it. It does abound, yeah. Aye. <laughs> but from the burning lights above to the attitudes and dress of this assembled throng. <laughs> and that hair, look at that hair. Aye, it's difficult to see through my glass. <laughs> But aye, tis a goodly audience, and I thank thee for thy company and well, invitation. Again, thank you for, for being here, sir, and, and, and indulging be. us. Uh, we're honored to have you. Yes. Uh, we actually have some questions, because, uh, you know, you haven't been able to answer, because you've been mm. dead for, like, 500 years. Uh, so, question hope number I one. I hope you got around L.A. okay. Just yeah, how'd you get here in one piece? The That's trick the is question. to take fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, I, that is smart. Okay, but I still hate you. Uh, for question number one. Hi. Right. What is the best play that you wrote, allegedly? It's <laughs> difficult to choose twixt all thy children. <laughs> but the favorite that hath sprung from my quill is perhaps the least oft produced by thyselves. Uh, any Henry the Sixth Part Two fans <laughs> out there? Henry Sixth Part Two? Not one, not three, but two. Tis a good one. Takes place during war, intrigue. Someone conjures a demon named Asmath. This is all true. Hi, tis a good one, check it out. I know, I heard a few people applaud that knew that. I'm just telling you, you, you I, I don't expect that. <laughs> I don't have any Henry VI shit, so. I, these may have, were not true words, was <laughs> only my attempt to out the nerds. <laughs> Did you say Twix? Did you I say Twix earlier? <laughs> Twixt. I'm hungry now. Why wait? <laughs> Neither of them are here or sponsoring us. It was a chocolate candy bar joke. You throw it away with the wrapper. <laughs> Applause. One of the things I found most interesting, uh, you know, there's not a lot of information about your life. Mm. And in particular, there's a seven-year period where there's literally no account of where you are, what you were doing. Where were you? What was going on in your life in those seven years that we now refer to as the lost years? One must go on a journey to find oneself in moments of artistic penury. Aye, these years where I were gone from out the book of life, I'm cuckolding gentlemen from shore to shore. I sowing my seed within the fecund soil of merry England was I for this time. I indeed, these seven years I would not again forsake, for in these seven years I made one long spring break. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> and then your last question is, uh, it's, a, it's a stumper. Mm. Did you, <laughs> did you write 
all of the plays that you said to have written? Fuck yeah, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Had to ask. <laughs> oh, guys, big round of applause for William Shakespeare. And I think this went up here. All right. Well, your first roaster is about to kill. Are you comfortable? Because this is going to be a roast. It's a roast. I don't know. There's nothing clever to say. I don't know much about a roast. Anyways, your first, your first, yeah, I'll work on it. I, it's been a long time. It's been eight years. Anyways, your first comic coming to stand, stand, podium, place is you can see him on Crave. I can do it! Whoa. All right. You can see him on Crave. You can also see him on Jason Reitman's Roast Battle. Ladies and gentlemen, returning roaster, Alex Hooper. Wow, thanks everybody. Give it up for Eddie and Ryan. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Literally the most useless people of any show ever. They don't drive the story, they have no character development, and hopefully by the end of this, they will both be dead. <laughs> Let me write my own Shakespeare about them. Go Firth and roast me a pig, because as you will learn, they are unable to roast themselves. <laughs> if music be the food of love, play on. Loosely translated, I want to fuck that sandwich. When I was 14, I attended a performing arts high school, and before we came in as freshmen, we were required on day one to perform a monologue from Hamlet. Many of you may be familiar, it goes like this. Speak the speech, I pray you, as I pronounced it to you, trippingly on the tongue. But if you mouth it, as many of your players do, I would have as Leaf the town crier spoke my lines. Nor do not saw the air too much with your hands, but rather be it gently for the very tempest, temperest, and beget whirlwind of passion it may require and beget a temperance that may give it smoothness, and so on and so forth, other fucking dumb words no one cares about. <laughs> Upon completion, of said monologue, my actor told me on day one I was destined to be a Shakespearean actor. I was offended and vowed to only play stoners and homeless people for the rest of my life. Let's talk about the other roasters are here on the dais, everybody. Byron Bowers is here. Byron, Byron's teeth are so white, Shakespeare would have cast them to play Othello. You better be a smart crowd, because these are going to be very referency people. <laughs> what light through yonder window breaks? Oh no, that's just Byron stealing a TV. <laughs> Stuart Thompson's here, ladies, everybody. Stuart Thompson is here. Stuart has been called the Shakespeare of comedy. He's white, talks like a homo, and everyone only pretends to like him. To thine own self be true, unless you're Stuart Thompson, at which point Jesus Christ be anyone else. This is weird since they haven't come out yet and you can't see them, but I swear to God, when they come up here, you're gonna laugh your fucking dicks off. 
You too, ladies. Brandy Posey is here, everyone. Shakespeare only cast men, so luckily Brandy would not have a problem getting a part. Brandy, next time change your jokes, not your hair color. Did anyone tell you you weren't supposed to dress up like the witches from Macbeth? We were discussing in the back if we could say that in here, because technically this is a theater. You guys know what I mean? Mick fucking Beth, strike me dead, you piece of shit. I don't care. Now is the winter of our discontent, otherwise known as when Joe DeRosa shops one of his pilots about being adopted. We get it, man. Your parents didn't want you, and networks don't either. <laughs> What's in a name? Would a DeRosa by any other name still look like a pedophile? <laughs> Kid diddler, toddler, coddler. I coined that, Shakespeare. So fuck you, toddler coddler, everyone. Look for it on the news tomorrow. <laughs> Shakespeare's wife, Anne Hathaway, will be coming out a little bit later. Anne Hathaway, Jesus. Thanks for making me no longer want to fuck Anne Hathaway. <laughs> oh my God, you look like Steve Buscemi if his face was eaten by hundreds of spiders. <laughs> Anne Hathaway bore three children, but Shakespeare bored me hundreds of times, so. Ah, uh, let's get on to the man himself, shall we? First of all, I'm glad to present Shakespeare's That Thing You Do. <laughs> I don't think sunglasses were around back then. You look like, you look like you're in a gang that rides unicycles instead of Harleys. <laughs> and sprays perfume instead of bullets. <laughs> Shakespeare was credited with writing 37 plays and also with having the first forehead that stretched all the way to his lower back. <laughs> Many people said that Shakespeare led a double life. Among being a poet and a playwright, he was also a queer and a ladyboy. <laughs> it's rumored that Shakespeare did not write his own plays, but Carlos Mencia claims yes, he did. Found this out, this is pretty weird. Hitler was a huge fan of Shakespeare. He said, and I quote, if I had that mustache, I could have killed at least 12 million of those penny-pinching Shylocks. <laughs> Shakespeare wrote 154 sonnets, one for every miscarriage his wife had. <laughs> is that too much? Shakespeare had a strange way of insulting people, and I'm here to interpret some of those uh, insults. Such as, thou subtle, perjured, false, disloyal man. Gay is what that means, everybody. It just means gay. Thou art a fleshmonger, a fool, and a coward. That's a guy who wants to be queer, but's too afraid to suck that D. Thy tongue out neons all the worms of Nile. I want you to give me a rim job, but you have too many diseases from licking too many other assholes. <laughs> yes, that was iambic pentameter, if you were wondering. <laughs> Methinks thou art a general offense and every man should beat thee. Pretty self-explanatory on that one. <laughs> 
My wife's a hobby horse. Yeah, Big Willie style. Have you looked in the mirror? It's like you grew a mullet, but shave the front half. <laughs> Thou cream-faced loon. Well, now he's not even trying. <laughs> and finally, you starveling, you eel skin, you dried neat's tongue, you bull's pizzle, you stockfish owe for breath to utter what is like thee, you tailor's yard, you sheath, you bow case, you vile standing tuck. Just call him a faggot, dude. <laughs> Just call him a faggot. That's, we all know that's what you were doing. In the end, Shakespeare... Fuck you for making me learn stupid words and stupider monologues, but I'm glad you've been giving theater geeks a huge bard on for hundreds of years. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Alex Hooper, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite part was how tight you guys got over miscarriage jokes from somebody in the late 1500s. Like, Kind of what happened back then, guys. <laughs> Coming to the stage next, you can catch him monthly at the Improv, hosting the Late Night Show with Stuart Thompson. Please put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen, for Stuart Thompson. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, and one more round of applause for your first roaster, uh, Caliban, the monster from The Tempest, everybody. Wasn't it exciting? <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, and it, it's nice to be here, uh, roasting the version of Shakespeare that apparently works at the Top Man at the Grove. Uh, <laughs> which doesn't make sense, because he is for sure a bottom man. <laughs> oh, boo, well-crafted joke. Uh, you don't really even look like a William. You look more like a Bill. <laughs> You look like if Shakespeare were cast in a John Hughes movie. You know that, right? <laughs> this is Ferris Shakespeare's day off. That's where we're at right now. Uh, uh, to be honest, uh, I, I don't consider myself a thespian. Uh, I wasn't an English major in college. Uh, most of my Shakespeare knowledge comes from one night in middle school I went to see uh, in Berkeley a one-man show version of the Simpsons version of Macbeth. Uh, so to call our sus your work watered down would be an understatement uh, today. Uh, I like that collar, by the way. Uh, you look like a dog that just got out of surgery. A <laughs> uh, nice tunic as well. Uh, it's rumored that you grew up Catholic, uh, but it's no secret that you were molested. Because <laughs> only someone who got their dick sucked by a priest dozens of times would think this is an outfit that's at all appropriate. <laughs> Dude, people already think you're gay. You don't need to dress like the 17th century version of a fuckboy. <laughs> um, we don't even know if it's really you. Like, Shakespeare may not have been a real person. Uh, like, for all we know, you're, this, you're just some dude that got laid off of medieval times. <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare, Shakespeare's a myth. <laughs> Don't worry, that comes from a, a computer, a much more important invention than anything you've ever made, so. Uh, yeah, Shakespeare's a myth. 
like the Loch Ness Monster or the idea that your vote matters. Uh, and no one knows for sure if you even wrote anything. Like, your friend said you stole their material and claimed it as your own. You're like the fat Jewish of poets. I would call you an asshole. <laughs> Bill, I would call you an asshole, but assholes put out their own shit. Your sonnets, whether or not they were yours, your sonnets are written in, in iambic pentameter. That's where each line, you have five sets of an unstressed syllable followed by a stressed syllable. You see how hard it is for me to explain this to you people? What kind of OCD, like Howard Hughes peeing in a jar bullshit is that? Like, do you know, do you know what people who write shit like that you know what we do to people like that who write that shit today? We arrest them because the next thing they're gonna do is shoot up a school. <laughs> like after all those sonnet manifestos you may have written, I can't believe we're doing this roast not in a padded room. Like, <laughs> you should be wearing a jacket that doesn't have sleeves. <laughs> I will say this, uh, you've made a profound impact on our culture. Uh, not with your writing, no, no one reads anymore. <laughs> Uh, but all the men today in Los Angeles have long hair, uh, they wear shirts that look like dresses, they wear pants that look like tights. No one here has read your work, but every douchebag in LA looks like they came from the Ed Hardy Renaissance Fair. <laughs> if they had read your shit, they would know that a douche by any other name still reeks of Axe body spray. Uh, the only people who like you are high school English teachers and people who want to be high school English teachers. Your entire fan base is people on Suicide Watch. <laughs> but listen, Bill, who cares if you wrote all, all those plays? You put your name on some of the best writing this world will ever know. No one can take that from you. Uh, you're a good guy for traveling through time and space uh, to be here and subject yourself uh, to neophyte writers like me. Uh, you, may, you, may have, you, know, you may not have been loved in your own life, but you know, you're loved now, you know, if only in this context, four centuries after your death. So you're a good guy and a good sport. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Stuart Thompson, wow. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> no, that was awesome. That was really good. Uh, so I got something prepared, and we have to ask you to get off stage for a second. I uh, forgot to tell you this before the show. Um, so uh, much like Hitler, you've killed people. Uh, not in real life. Not in real life. Calm down. There's, uh, there's people you've killed through your writing, because the pen is mightier than the sword. I hope you know that. So I made an in memoriam for all the people you, for the important people you've killed. So I hope you're happy and I hope you enjoy this. Lights.
I hope you're happy. It looks no, it's fine. I like this. No, Shakespeare did not like slapstick. Stop clapping. Our next comedian come to stand. Come to stand. Why do I keep doing that? Thank you, sir. She has a, la a podcast called Lady to Lady, and you can find her on Opinion Cave. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandy Posey. Yeah. Keep it going for the montage, you guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually William Shakespeare because I'm a woman and I'm a writer, so. Um, you didn't put Gwyneth Paltrow in your montage from uh, Shakespeare in Love. Fuck you, you're responsible for goop, dude. You're the fucking reason goop is a thing. You don't even know what that is. It's one of your words you invented. Uh, guys, uh, Stuart Thompson is here tonight. Uh, get thee to a punnery, am I right? <laughs> Hashtag points me. Thank you. Uh, a Joe DeRosa by any other name would smell just as sweet, which is why Joe's legal name is Joseph Egg Farts. <laughs> you have that one. Uh, Othello is here tonight. I mean, Byron Bowers. Uh, he's black. Uh, <laughs> They actually have a lot in common. Uh, Othello is the only black character in Shakespeare's plays, and Byron is the only black comic in the L.A. alt scene. <laughs> well, the only, only one we book, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Alex Hooper is here tonight. He's a great actor in his uh, own right. He played uh, the Macbeth witches at least a dozen times in London. I've performed with him a few times <laughs> as well. That's yeah, fine. I wrote that joke, too. Uh, Anne Hathaway is, uh, is here, uh, not the one you're thinking of. Um, William's long-suffering wife and muse, inspiring such memorable lines in his plays as, a horse face, a horse face, my kingdom for a horse face. <laughs> she actually has a lot in common with the modern-day actress Anne Hathaway. Uh, they both fell for Eurotrash con artist frauds. And now on to the man of the hour, Billy Shakes. Am I right, you guys? Yeah. Is it a gaggle of women writing plays in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Oh. Stupid. Uh, well, we all had to read your goddamn plays in high school. You made me hate English class, and I'm a fucking writer. Everyone says that you're a genius, which I don't understand, because, oh, oh kings are bad people. He's a genius? He came up with that? Read a history book, dude. Every king is a fucking monster. <laughs> Teenagers falling in love are dramatic? Oh my god, are you reinventing the wheel over here? How riveting. A Midsummer's Night's Dream is just Coachella, dude. <laughs> The Taming of the Shrew, more like Flaming Bag of Poo. <laughs> the Merchant of Venice, more like Unemployed in Chatsworth. <laughs> Sky wrote, all the world is a stage. This motherfucker invented Periscope. Fuck you. You're the reason I can't just be anymore. 
Shakespeare in Love came out in 2001, you guys. That's the same year as 9-11. Coincidence? I think not. Actually, just kidding, it came out in 1998. <laughs> but Gwyneth Paltrow winning an Oscar is kind of its own 9-11 if we think about it. <laughs> She'll never let you forget it. And I'd like to close out my set uh, with an adaptation of one of your sonnets uh, from the only decent play that you ever wrote, 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> I hate the way your accent sounds to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you left your wife. I hate your fans at Ren Fairs. <laughs> I hate your big dumb pantaloons and reading your plays as a grind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. <laughs> I hate the way you're always qu quoted. I hate when Mercutio dies. I hate when we had to memorize you in school. Fuck your these and thys. I hate the way you're probably a fraud, and the fact that women couldn't publish plays makes my skin crawl. But mostly I hate the way that I read nothing but, but mostly I hate the way I read nothing but dead white dudes in AP English. Anything else was not even close, not even a little bit, not even at all. <laughs> Fuck yourself, Will. Thanks, I'm Brandy. Keep it going for Brandy Posey, guys. King has spoken. <laughs> this was certainly an interesting roast to prepare for. I had not read this much Shakespeare since high school. It's good to know Cliff Notes still holds up. <laughs> you are the most read, analyzed, discussed, and performed author in history. You were inspired by what I imagine most artists were inspired by, getting laid. You were heavy into using symbolism, that became something of your style. Symbolism's where words don't mean what you say they mean. C can you just say what you mean, please? <laughs> the, honestly, the only reason he's the most famous author in history is because no one has the courage to stand up and just be like, I don't get it. <laughs> Does anyone else get this? I don't. <laughs> um, there's not much known about Shakespeare's life, but we do know that he was 18 when he married his wife, Anne Hathaway. She was 26. They did have a child six months later, so we know why you got married. But the idea, <laughs> the idea that you were attracted to older women is something I could relate to. So we also know that you either had an older brother and you were into his friends, or your mom got divorced when you were young. Maybe that was, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just assuming, guys. There's a lot of questions about whether Shakespeare wrote all the plays that are attributed, attributed to him. After thinking about it, I kind of realized, like, you were in an artist community, you ran a theater company, you performed regularly, and these, these were living, breathing works of art that a lot of people contributed to and collaborated on. But you were at the helm, you were the director, you were the producer, you were the person who got credit, you were essentially Puff Daddy before he was Puff Daddy. <laughs> Put the drums over there, guys. It was once said about you by Ben Johnson, famous author, not Olympic runner. Ben Johnson said, whatsoever he penned, 
He never blotted out a line. I know I have read your work. I can tell. <laughs> Apparently you invented writing but not editing. Like, like a second pass, a second draft even. From 1592 to 1594, there was an outbreak of the bubonic plague, which actually shut down most theaters, uh, making no demand on plays whatsoever, at, at which point Shakespeare turned to writing poetry, which only made things worse. <laughs> Shakespeare had twins with his wife, one of whom was named Hamnet and died at age 11 of unknown causes. We can speculate, though age 11 sounds like he entered middle school and was probably bored to death by reading your work. <laughs> Although I do have an alternate theory. I, have, uh, I, I did read some things that you guys might not have seen on the deep internet that suggest that your son Hamnet actually fell in love with a young girl who was the daughter of somebody in a rival theater company to you at the time. And they had this torrid love affair going against their father's wishes to never see or speak to each other. And then following a series of very strange and unfortunate events, they both swallowed poison and killed themselves. <laughs> <clears throat> to be or not to be? That's the question. That's the question you, that's the question, not why is the sky blue or what's the meaning of life? Not how deep is the ocean or are we alone in the universe? Not who killed Kennedy or did we land on the moon? Not where do babies come from or how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could in fact chuck wood? Not was 9-11 an inside job, or what the hell was the end of Lost? <laughs> One question, and you could have asked what we all wanted to know. Who the hell is Becky with the good hair? I <laughs> Guys, William Shakespeare. You've seen our next roaster on the History Channel. It's a friend of ours. Give it up for Byron Bowers. Thank y'all for having me in y'all lovely space. Man, you look rough for your age. Tell Clearasil wasn't out when you was living. Got him. Um, my man right here, William Shakespeare, as we call him in the in the hood, Bill uh, Spearchucker. Because <laughs> Shakespeare means Spearchucker in Old English. I don't know if y'all know that or not. <laughs> Out of all the geniuses, you are the most boring. <laughs> but you know that already. Like, when my English teacher will read your body of work, I would do calculus. <laughs> to help me get through, you know, all this shit. Uh, 
Matter of fact, your body of work is responsible for the current high school dropout rate. Because <laughs> by the time they start introducing, you know, Shakespeare to high schools, that's when they decide I could do better shit with my time. <laughs> like sell cocaine, you know what I mean? <laughs> or get pregnant and get... <laughs> you boring as fuck! <sighs> Your boring ass plays are the reason concession stands were invented. Uh, give people an excuse to leave, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be back, I'm going to grab some cider, I can't sit through this shit sober. Should've wrote that, you know what I mean? You invented, I can't sit through this shit sober. But your plays so good, they perform them in the park. That's how dope it is. Yo, they perform your shit in the park. Not in movie theaters, in the fucking park. Place where homeless people live <laughs> and gay dudes fuck. I never heard any good lesbian park, fuck park stories. <laughs> I wrote it as a side note. I never heard lesbians talk about All my male gay friends always got good fuck park stories. Like, yeah, we fucked in the bushes in the park. None of my lesbian female friends, they never <laughs> have those stories. And you know why? Because they like poetry. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> in your face, Shakespeare! Okay. You help fluence and shape literature for the entire world, and to this day, the main reason that most lit majors serve coffee. <laughs> Basically, you're the reason that shitty writers go to coffee shops to write. <laughs> Your plays are more predictable than videos of cops beating black people. <laughs> Every time I see one, I'm like, I bet somebody dies at the end. <laughs> Too soon? It's too soon, Spirit Tucker. You had to write because you was a shitty actor. The first role you failed at was the one where you played Anne Hathaway's husband. Come on, he was too young for that role. Even your wife says you're boring. She would knit handkerchiefs while y'all fuck and finish just in time to catch that nut, you know what I mean? Soon as you come about to come, she'll be like, hold on, let me put this last, mm. And she'll wipe that shit off. You know? <laughs> and rub her face in it, cause she's a freak. She like young boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> when you die, you bequeath your wife with your second best bed. Second best bed, because your best bed still had a young man tied to it. Remember when your son died? 
If I ever roast somebody, it's just some shit I would want to say. It's not even a joke. Just, just throw that out there and then just move on. <laughs> Remember when your son died? Shh. You read that terrible poem at his funeral? It was two deaths that day. That's because you bombed while you was reading. You bombed at your son's funeral, you know what I mean? I thought the poem was great, but it's hard to understand, you know, your words when, when you read like this. That's funny to me. Uh, I think on the low, people will go out their way to avoid you. Like your nickname was the bubonic plague. And that's how the plague became so popular. They was actually talking about you the whole time. Other people were just sick, you know what I mean? Reading a Shakespeare poem is confusing because the English is weird. It's like reading tweets from the rapper Future. <laughs> You'll get that one day. Uh, Stephen Hawking singing karaoke has better rhythm than your poems. <laughs> Hello, it's me. I'm wondering if after all these years, you know what I'm trying to say. That's Stephen Hawking's doing Adele. Which would be funny as fuck to me if Stephen Hawkins did karaoke and sung Adele. Oh, that shit would be so funny. Hello, it's me. <sighs> You're into shaping literature as slavery was into shaping black people. I guess we could have did without either one of those things. And we would still be fine. I want to close off with one of your short poems. I finally found one. All this bullshit you wrote. Oh, you must have wrote these poems on the toilet. It's a lot of crap in there, you know what I mean? But here go one I found, you know what I mean? And I tweaked it, you know what I mean? So it's a quote from both of us to the world. <laughs> love me or hate me, both are in my favor. If you love me, I'll always be in your heart. If you hate me, I'll always be in your mind. But if you fuck me, I'll be out of your way in an hour. <laughs> That's from both of us. Good luck with the rest of your life, it won't be long. Bowers! Yes! Sorry. I'm sorry. I see you. I'm very sorry. I'll move away from the microphone. Didn't mean to be so loud. I owe you an apology. I totally forgot you were a big part of my life. Two different times. The first one is the episode of Boy Meets World when Corey uh, tries to be in Hamlet. He learns a lot about, um, you know sharing and being appropriate for, I don't know, it was a long time ago, it was like 1994 episode. But one of my favorite episodes is when Eric, I think I have half of you, just stay with me. I'll describe it real nice. When Eric does Shakespeare so good, they fly him out to Hollywood. And there's just like, there's a lot of inside jokes for like the 90s you wouldn't get. 
but it was a really big part of my life, so I guess you're not that bad, everyone. Everyone, William Shakespeare's actually pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He's all right. You're all right with me. <laughs> I think. I mean, it was still pretty boring in high school, besides those two episodes of Boy Meets World. Next comic coming to stage is very funny. Uh, he has a podcast on Vangoria Network called We'll See You in Hell. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe DeRosa. Hello, hey, how is everybody? Uh, you good? Yeah, give it up for Billy Shakespeare. Hey, Billy, this guy sucks, you know? Okay. This guy sucks, you know? <laughs> I just wrote this shit yesterday. Uh, hey, Billy, I don't want to say your writing's boring, but it makes the Middle Ages look like the late Middle Ages. You know, a lot of women have been touched to be in Williams' plays. Luckily, none of them ever press charges. <laughs> a Midsummer Night's Dream? That's for sure. The whole goddamn audience was asleep. I went to see Macbeth, or as I call it, McDonald's, because it makes me want to fucking puke. <laughs> Three hours of me sitting there going, is this guy banging his mom? <laughs> I went to Shakespeare in the Park last week. Ten minutes into the show, the audience started actively looking for muggers. <laughs> Othello? The main character's black. It should have been called, oh, hell no. <laughs> the court gave Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette a choice, the guillotine or watch Romeo and Juliet again. Yeah. <laughs> All's well that ends well? Yeah, everything except that play. Have you seen that piece of shit? General Custer had a better ending. <laughs> Hamlet? More like Hamless. I went to see it. The guy had less meat in his tights than Steve Jobs had in his stomach. He had no cock. Have you seen Much Ado About Nothing? I got a better idea, Billy. How about anything to do with something? <laughs> I was more lost during that play than Moses trying to get those Jews out of the desert. <laughs> I went to a production of Julius Caesar. After Brutus stabbed him, audience members were screaming, please, me next. <laughs> But enough about his work. Have you seen this guy's wife? Not a small lady. <laughs> hey, Ann, you look like you could be a runway model at LAX. 
She's not a pretty girl either. Hey, Anne, my asshole called. It's suing your face for illegal use of its likeness. Billy's theater is called The Globe. It was designed after his wife. <laughs> and his kids. My God, have you met these kids? I've seen smarter children at Michael Jackson's house. Stop groaning, it's a roast. But Billy, you know, as they say, we only roast the ones we love. And you were there for me from the very beginning. And I love you from the bottom of my heart. God bless. God bless, Billy. Joe DeRosa, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, please make sure to follow uh, all the comedians here tonight on social media. If they have podcasts, listen to them. It's, it's, it really does help encourage them to continue to create. <laughs> With that, we have an extremely special guest for you guys tonight. I hope this plot twist entices you, sir. For you guys, introducing Shakespeare's wife, Anne Hathaway. Darling, dearest, I've been hearing all these things that people have been saying about the two of us. And I thought to myself, I said, Self, why don't you write something for your love? So I did. Here we go. I tried to do it a little bit like you would. My dearest William, oh, how I tolerate thee. <laughs> Let me count the ways. I tolerate your flatulence. I hear it far and wide. When your bottom side doth toot, our youngest daughter cries. I tolerate your horrid breath. You smell of fish's guts. You tried to kiss my mother's cheek. She said, that's quite enough. You're not the only writer. I tolerate your mustache, so full of brandied wine. But how I wish you'd wash that thing and eat me from behind. <laughs> Just every now and again, you know. I tolerate your writing, your endless need for books. I wish and wish upon a star you'd give me half a look. Darling, we haven't had sex in so long. <laughs> I tolerate your wimpy thrusts whilst you lay with me at night. You come in merely seconds flat, yet right of... Oh, shit. Hang on. <laughs> I can't see anything in here. I tolerate your wimpy thrusts whilst you lay with me at night. You come in merely seconds flat, yet of virile men you write. If you don't know what that means, Google it. It means you're very good in the bed. 
I tolerate your fear of bugs, your high-pitched feminine yell. Each time I have to squash a spider, I wish you'd go to hell. <laughs> I tolerate your asking me each night to make a feast. With each potato I have cooked, your stomach hath increased. Yes, I tolerate your figure. It's lumpy, soft, gray flesh. Sometimes I dream of Othello and how his dick must be the best. <laughs> yes, I dream at night of Othello, how I wish I had a more. I dream that I were Desdemona and my husband fucked me more. <laughs> oh, I tolerate your lack of passion for anything but the page. I wish you truly treated me like life would but a stage. But if life were just a stage, my dear, here's how our story'd end. I'd kill you in your sleep as if you were Macbeth. Thank you. That's all I've prepared. Bring in, bring in the people. Bring in the people who usher me off the stage. Oh, good. Anne Hathaway, ladies and gentlemen. Not that Anne Hathaway, but that would have been cool. I got this one. You take care of this, man. What? What am I doing? Oh! <laughs> Guys. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. High five real quick, just about, yeah. It's, it's the man himself who put you through boredom but did give you two good episodes of Boy Meets World. Ladies and gentlemen, William Bill Shakespeare! Thanks and grammar unto the all. Fair before the lot of thee, I put thy hands I together in resounding applause for thy hosts. And all alleged comediacs that have tread these boards before. Aye, indeed. Tis well, I, I must make honest confession of my soul. I was racked with some pains of great dread and nervousness to hear bestride these boards this eve, to be so buffeted with so many sharp jests of sharper wits. Aye, but then I, I indeed, to tread the boards here in this so-called Nerdist showroom, a house for stand-up comedy. Aye, uh, lodged in this comic book shop, this, this Nerdist showroom, a theater nestled in a shop for novels graphic, two places where grown folk prolong their adolescence in a fashion doubly tragic. <laughs> But my nervousness was abated when I did go back into the mirror of my mind to say, Will, thou hast before played before the, the coroneted nobility of England in front of Queen Elizabeth herself. So thou art used to performing in front of the clear results of inbreeding and one whose nickname, <laughs> and one whose nickname is the Virgin Queen. <laughs> I, I did behold thee, the clowns who before me did cast sharp jests in my direction at this so-named roast, making me their meat afore the fire, lifting me upon their poniards o'er this roasting flame, 
to make of me some luncheon for thyselves. I find myself not so roasted I without a care, for their jests not hot indeed have left this roast most wet rare. <laughs> And so indeed I must approach before setting of the sun to roast myself and be the meat, but truly do well done. <laughs> I'm allowed to do puns, I'm Shakespeare. Aye, <laughs> oh, indeed. I am known for insults. This hath been brought up. Like shirts of my insults, mugs of my insults can be procured for your most annoying friends. Uh, I could have called the comedians here clay-brained, guts, naughty-brained, bottle spiders, trunk of humors, bolting hutch of beastliness, stuffed cloak bag of guts, bombard of sack, poisonous bunch-backed toads. But upon seeing them, it would all be too cruel, so I will simply say they had a lot of energy up here. <laughs> Good stuff, very fun. Fun show. A lot of energy. I indeed, I, I jest, of course, for these comedians did weave upon the looms of their imagination such words and sights from my mind's eye. I, that when I were sitting in the seat of shame while they did speak such words to me in closing of my peeping lids, I could in my mind's eye imagine that I was listening to five mediocre podcasts. <laughs> I have been accused boring this eve, boring. I, I do say that this is thy fault and the fault of thy system educational. Indeed, thy country exposes my work to people when they're seventh graders. Tis too soon, as thy hosts should know who nightly expose themselves to sixth graders. <laughs> Some say I did not write my work. I take this to be the sincerest form of flattery. I take pride that folk think that a, a nobleman like the Earl of Oxford or a scientist like Sir Francis Bacon could only have writ the words that sprung forth from my quill. As all creators like the comedians here assembled, I do feel the sting of green-eyed jealousy when, when thou flies too close the sun. I haters will tell thee that thou hast not created and are not responsible for what thou hast made. So I do feel pride that people think it must have taken an actual nobleman, a renowned scientist, to write a tetralogy of plays about the Hundred Years' War. In the same way that the comedians uh, must meet haters who think that someone else must have posted an Instagram picture of a residual check for one cent with the caption, Hollywood life. <laughs> we are writers, we understand one another. As a breed, we are guilty of the sin of pride. I, indeed, I too feel pride that I set this gold standard for the English language. In much the same way, when our comedians do tweet a joke about Olive Garden, when tis favorited by the official account of Olive Garden. <laughs> we are all guilty of a similar pride, is what I say. I, Indeed, indeed, as I watched thy comedy, I further realized how close, indeed, thy work is to mine. Aye, Byron Bowers is like my play Measure for Measure, full of venereal disease, and no one cares about it. <laughs> Brandy Posey's comedy is like King Lear. 
A clear existential cry for help into an unfeeling universe. Alex Hooper is much like Titus Andronicus. Everyone agrees it's bad, but you have to put it up once in a while just to remind yourself how bad it is. <laughs> Jodorosa, like Romeo and Juliet, as a teenager, you would think it charming, but as you get older, you realize the rest of the stuff is better. <laughs> ah. But alas, I must now turn to Anne. It is a surprise to see thee here being as I was so deliberately absent from you most of my life. <laughs> Anne married me when I was eight and 10. She is score and six, 26. Or as we refer to it in the 1500s, a senior citizen. <clears throat> Anne was what we called a cougar in that she lived in the woods and marked her territory by urination. That's what a cougar is. I don't know if that word has a connotation for you in your time. <laughs> Indeed, as a poet, I needs must write some poet and I honor Anne. Many have composed sonnets, the, uh, an epic poem to myself. I have simply written the an acrostic of thy name, A-N-N-E. Absence makes the heart grow fondering, pondering the absent. Now I have fonder been pondering Anne, no, I must confess, I haven't. No, fonder of thy absence, my heart yearns to see thee never. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> what now? You know what? I think the only way that we can solve this marital dispute is by dropping a fucking beat. That would make, that would make poems extemporaneous with me. Yeah. Oh, no, no, airport no. neck pillow. No, no, no. My darling husband, my tiny little boy, I think you are a joke. You're like my little toy. I fly you around the living room. I throw you against the wall. I think you're just a little bit of cat hair in a bowl. You choke me in my throat. You make me feel disgust. I want to throw you up and stuff you in my bust. Yes, I stuff my bust with throw up. It feels so sloshy. It's like breast implants, but it's pretty nasty. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, what happened today? Ryan's from the second most popular Anne Hathaway. Yes, but she is not the same. Unlike the other Anne Hathaway, this Anne Hathaway is lame. And Anne Hathaway of making me go insane. Anne Hathaway of disrupting what's in my brain. Oh, I know that your life is so rough because I didn't dip my quill in your ink pot enough. You was 18 and I was 26. I guess you say I was attracted to that barely legal dick, uh. that barely legal bod. I said, put it over me and put a baby in it to the altar off with me. Yes, Don't you me, know baby. that I'm a very fine fellow? Leave your knees like jello. Plus, I'm hung like a fellow. Yeah, I'll make you come over and over. Fuck you so good, it's like I'm two gents of Verona. I think you are delusional. I think you're out of space. You don't have a logic. No, it looks like a little cake. 
tastes like a little tiny miniature my grandma has on a shelf. Uh, she bought it from the fair. It's like a little elf. Damn, you know that you're dead wrong. I'm so quick with the quill, you call me Sonnet the Hedgehog. Yeah, flying into a rage. I'm writing on my quill on stage and flip the page. I flip your pages, I'm gonna tear them up. I throw them in the sky like confetti, don't give a fuck. Uh. I'm raining on parades, it's fucking Macy's Day. I take your hair and put it in a bonnet, say shade. Put it in a bonnet, I'll put it in a glass. Shakespeare's rapping just like a teacher in English class. Yeah, Shakespeare is cool, guys, see? Don't you know that Shakespeare was the original MC? Yeah! Oh, that was awesome! Oh my God! Shakespeare! Shakespeare and Anne Hathaway! And Anne Hathaway! Draper Mullen, Ross Bryant, give them a round of applause, yeah. guys! Keep it going for the rest of the comedians you guys saw this evening. Alex Hooper! Stuart Thompson. Brandy Posey. Byron Bowers. Joe DeRosa. As Anne Hathaway, Dre Vermeulen. As William Shakespeare, Shakespeare Ross Bryant. Yes, sir. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. We have a few announcements before we go. Yeah, you guys are free to... Oh! Finally! Again. This one will live past four. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? There were like five different roasters that said that. Okay. Uh, but no, we are starting a new show called Fictional Roast. It starts June 14th. Yeah, anything's possible. Uh, it's 7 p.m. Gonna be here... And it's someone very dear to probably most of you, because I assume you're all millennials. Uh, oh yeah, you guys can hang out and go. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's someone. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but it's someone you you probably love, uh, Eddie, because you work at Universal. And I, I'll be honest, I thought he was gonna ruin the surprise. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, but no, it's it's not Harry Potter. It's. Uh, It's Harry Potter. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> uh, That's exciting. No, I'm excited That's to roast June 14th, Harry Potter. the day before my birthday. I wasn't allowed to watch or read Harry Potter until I was, like, out of high school. I mean, I probably could have watched in high school, but I just never did. <laughs> so that'll be great for everyone, so make sure you do that. Mark that in your calendars right Definitely. now. Definitely. Come see us June 14th. We're going to roast Harry Potter. The following week is actually our regularly scheduled historical roast. We're, uh, we're moving to the third Tuesday of every month, starting in June. Summer. And this one, dude, this one I'm excited for. Summer. June <laughs> 21st at 9 p.m., we're roasting the one and only, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Dig it! <laughs> we'll catch you guys here for that. And then, if June wasn't busy enough and we weren't bothering you to come to enough shows... We have a very special edition on June 28th at 8 p.m. We're going to be roasting every, every dead stand-up comedian in history. Ever. George All Carlin, Richard Pryor, 
Robin the Williams. Andy Kaufman, Bernie Mac, yeah. Red Fox, every single one of them is going to be on stage. And to do that, we're actually going to go to a very special spot. Mm. We're going to see you guys at the Comedy Store on June 28th to roast every dead comedian in history. We hope to see you guys there. Because that's where their ghosts are. A that's very special historical are. roast. And we're going to finish August this summer. You might as well tell them. I know nothing about the dates. I meant to tell you that before. It's the first week in August. It's the first week in August. We're going to Ventura. Comedy Festival. Comedy Festival. That's why there's two of us. I was editing the video when he was telling me about this. <laughs> so again, guys, we thank you for coming out tonight. Big round of applause for all of our comedians. Make sure you check out Ross Bryant at the Improv Shakespeare uh, at Largo once a month. And uh, we'll see you guys in June. I this hope has so. been uh, Historical Roast, it's teaching history a lesson. <laughs> teaching history. It's only our catchphrase. We've only said it every day Something for about 18 history. months. Good night, guys.